Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Irish on Tap, a podcast about the Notre Dame Fighting Irish presented to you by On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300, and you can follow our main account at On Tap Irish. Today, we are going to break down the 48 to 20 W over USC, the battle for the jeweled shillelagh. They won it. They won it in runaway fashion it was over once you know before the whistle even blew but all uh, for me as someone who went to the game like my goodness like we'll we'll get into just the whole day for me and for the fans that were there because the atmosphere was unmatched i've been that was my fifth notre dame game and the atmosphere from from the very first play of the game until the very last play of the game, and then the alma mater after, uh, on the field after. I've never been on the field uh, at a Notre Dame game, and of course the first one I'm on the field, the field gets rushed. Like a, a total difference in voice, tone, uh, attitude. I don't know how I feel about the rest of the season. Like obviously we're not going to get to the college football playoff, but there's still so much to play for, and. And reasons like like winning this game and how they won and just the atmosphere that we had out there on Saturday are the reasons why you love being a Notre Dame fan. The defense came to play. The secondary did exactly what I said they were going to do. They had to create problems for them. They had three interceptions, many more turnovers. There was a couple fumbles there in the second half that we recovered. But the boys came to play. Audric Estime had two touchdowns on the day. Jabrian Payne had a touchdown. Chris Tyree had a touchdown. Jadarian Price ran a kick back to the house. Like everybody got involved. The Jadarian Price kick return was actually a 99 yarder, too. So that's insane. But Xavier Watts got the fumble return for a touchdown in the second half. And he also had two interceptions. So he had three turnovers on the day. Benjamin Morrison had a, uh, an interception on the day. We didn't even control the time of possession, but it didn't matter. We were outgained. But when you win the turnover margin, I said before this game, you have to win the turnover margin by minus one and a half, so two. Five turnovers to zero. I know they scored 20 points. That's fine. I don't care. The defense with the performance of the season, the pressure. Riley Mills was getting in the backfield. Howard Cross was getting in the backfield. I got to pull I got to pull the box. I, I, it doesn't do me any justice to just – like I gotta, I gotta put some numbers to these guys' names. So yeah, it was all Estime all day. He was really the lone back, twenty-two for ninety-five. He didn't go as crazy as I thought he did, but he got the two touchdowns. Uh, and I figured since I called for him to be the player of the game on the pregame, that I would make a little bet on him. So I put a nice little twenty bucks on him to score two touchdowns, and I had a profit boost too. So it was plus three sixty. That hit, and then uh. I parlayed my NIU Huskies, who I'm currently watching the replay of right now as I record this podcast because I did not get to watch a snap uh, just because I, I had no service at the game. So that's why there was really no tweets. I was tweeting as much as I could. And towards the end of the game, as you saw from the videos and stuff that I was posting, I got some more service. But throughout the game, it was a nightmare. I could not. I tried to get tweets off. It just wasn't happening. When I got back up to the press box, that's when I finally got the Caleb Williams already has three picks and he's not done yet tweet. But I parlayed NIU who was plus 180 with ND minus 145. So I got, I got crushed all across the board on Saturday, 
But the two teams that matter to me most, my Notre Dame Fighting Irish and my NIU Huskies, they both came to play for it. They both came to play for me in the form of a two-way parlay that was plus 373. And uh, I mean, honestly, like this game from start to finish was our game to lose. You go out and you get an early touchdown. I don't know what the exact timestamp was. And I apologize if I'm not as good as I am on recapping the game because it's a lot harder, you know, when you're sitting down there on the field, you're running back. And I was literally running behind the USC bench. I was like face to face with Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley, Cliff Kingsbury, like absolute banana lands. I could not imagine the night that I was in for the whole day uh, that I was in for with my first press pass at Notre Dame, zero complaints from start to finish, but they scored three and a half minutes into the game. And it was the Jabrian Payne four yard pass from, from uh, Sam Hartman. And then the scoring hit a stall uh, until one minute left in the first quarter when uh, SC kicked that field goal. We matched that field goal three minutes later and then estimate getting the touchdown to break it open to 17-3 was, was really like the, okay, this is really happening moment. And then three minutes later, he, he cashed my bet in the span of three minutes and, and on a two yard and a one yard run. Like I knew once he got the first one that he was going to get the second one. And uh, Ethan, my former co-host who, who used to do this show with me and my Husky show with me and bears on tap, honestly, all three shows that I used to do uh, for my team's, uh, he was the one who needed the photog, so I came out there with him, and he said to come back up uh, five minutes before the half. So I saw uh, the first touchdown. I waited because I knew the drive was going to finish in the end zone. So I saw that one down there on the field, like right in front of me. So that was that was cool. All touchdowns in this game, uh, except for the kick return touchdown, because I came back up to get the rest of the equipment uh, before coming back down before the end of the game. I got to see from like. 15 feet away, like field level. Uh, sometimes, most of the time, my face in the camera, but still just like seeing the boys run out of that tunnel with the smoke, the smoke machines, the fire, uh, seeing them warm up, seeing them, you know, just pump each other up. Like you, you see it from the stands and it's always awesome no matter what, but seeing it from field level, I mean, yeah, I don't care. I'm 29 years old. I'm an adult. Like that's fine. Whatever still a very very cool experience and like i was like a kid in a candy store like both teams too because you know i'm i'm a big college football fan and a big nfl fan and, and not so much for the usc players on the field it was cool seeing jerry rice's son uh as i was walking down the bench i caught a side profile of him and i'm like jesus christ that looks exactly like jerry rice but in total you know I, as someone who you know i've been through a lot in the last few months, I've been through a lot in my life, but I lost my mom. And in total, I was able to go to the grotto in the morning, go to the church. Uh, and just one of the places that she really liked to go was that church, uh, the big church before uh, the games. And I got to the grotto. I was able to light a candle for her. Uh, in, in the last year, you guys also know last year before Clemson, I lost my dog Benzo. So I was able uh, to light a, a candle for him as well. And after that, you know, you're walking around campus, you're seeing the vibe, you're, you're seeing the player walk and all this stuff. And it's just, it's one of those things, you, you know, like I said before the show, I'll never take for granted. I got up to the team store or to the bookstore and I saw a, 
bedazzled like ten thousand carat, ten thousand dollar. I'm exaggerating on the amount of carrots. I don't know how many carrots it was, but it was insane. And it was something that I knew. Uh, I'm lucky I didn't take my mom when we went to North Carolina a few years ago because she instantly would have bought it. But I, I just stuff like that, just stuff that reminds you of your childhood, nostalgia. And and for you, you guys know, like I, I became a fan off of Rudy at like seven, eight years old. So like just seeing the campus in the fall, all these different things, they make for a great day. And this is before, you know, you even get into the stadium, which for me almost didn't happen. Uh, like I said, I was filling in at a news station for a buddy and the press pass that they had was for a totally different guy. So the media pass that I, I have in my little collector's box is definitely not in my name, but it, it doesn't matter. I got my photo vest and we're onto the field. I get down to the field a little bit before the game. Uh, well, not a little bit, a lot of it. I got there before the players. Right. And for me, like I've been down on Ford field. I've been down, uh, not in the big house, but I've been down Husky stadium, all these different stadiums. But for me, uh, it was, <laughs> I'm like tearing up even thinking about it. And I'm like, I'm, it's surprising that I held my emotions as much in check uh, considering the magnitude of the game, the environment, just the magnitude of the mission, because I was able to spread my mom's ashes at the grotto. And I mean, I, I'm sure it's probably not the best place to do it, but I was able to get a little down on the field as well. And, it, you know, my whole my day was just segmented into these different parts. And, you know, the stuff before the game, honoring my mom with the candle and, and spreading some of her ashes and just being my first being at my first football game that I ever covered. I've covered hundreds of baseball games with a video camera in front of me, but it was my first game uh, behind the lens at a, a football game and like way to do it big. Right. I didn't really think about it like this, like your first game behind the lens for a news company, I guess, if you will, is the team that you run through a brick wall for. You can name almost every player that's played for the team since you started watching all the coaches. You can remember exact results, how they happened, everything. Like, this team is my life. And to be able to walk down on that field and and just to be working, just to be in that environment around 88,000 of my best friends was just nuts. And uh, the gate that I entered the field at, was, it was a little bit of a somber moment because – the gate that I entered the field at was the section that I sat at with my mom when I went to North Carolina. One of the other best best nights of my life was that night. And it was just crazy. Like the flowers right there, seeing the front row, that's where we sat, all of it. So it all kind of really hit me uh, around kickoff and, and, and in the fourth quarter. But the game itself didn't disappoint. Like going into this game, knowing what we've dealt with with Ohio State, knowing what we've dealt with with Louisville and, and what happened in this game last year, USC, we weren't able to contain Caleb Williams. This year, <laughs> he didn't even get off the fucking tarmac. He came out, you know, to booze and, and the whole stadium booing him, and he was very cocky. And he never even got off the tarmac, man. Like, he didn't have a chance. He threw three interceptions. I want to say he was sacked 
he was sacked at least six times. I know that because Ethan pointed to the scoreboard and looked up and we looked up and it was uh, six sacks. And that was like in the fourth quarter. But uh, fumble recoveries for Javante, John Baptiste and one for Xavier Watts. They had six total. So Bubakar Traore had a sack. Howard Cross or no, not Howard Cross. Jalen Sneed had a sack. Riley Mills had a half a sack. J.D. Bertrand had a half a sack. And then Nana Asafu Mensa, Maris LaFau, and Thomas Harper all had a sack. Um, J.D. Bertrand led the way with 11 total tackles, six solos, a half a sack, and a tackle and a half for loss. Uh, Xavier Watts with the, PB, uh, with the PBU, he ended up having two interceptions on the day, and then Benjamin Morrison had one interception. The Xavier Watts interception, too, um, so for preface, the way I was shooting the game is I wasn't – the one play that I got for the entire game where the quarterback's back to me or the quarterback's back was to me was the Xavier Watts interception. And I stayed down in that end zone because it was towards the end of the half. I knew that we were going to get the ball back. It was a cocky moment for me. I knew that we were at least going to force a three and out. I didn't know that we were going to get a turnover and a, and a pick six. Uh, a pick almost six that set up an Audric estimate touchdown that I was right there for. But I stayed down in that end zone and I just recorded the whole sequence. So I recorded first down, recorded second down, recorded third down. All were good shots. But for me, it was a cool moment for me because I end up recording this one. I follow Caleb. I kind of zoom out as I just normally do as a play develops. So you can kind of see what's happening, but I always started uh, at Caleb Williams uh, or at Sam Hartman uh, because the quarterback, but I pulled out and as I pull out and pan over, I pan over and right as I'm panning, it's Xavier Watts emerging into the frame, stealing the ball away and taking off all the way down to the one yard line. So for me, uh, that was my play of the game. hundred percent. Watts is my defensive player of the game for sure. Not just because of that play, but because of the way he played two interceptions, a fumble recovery, a touchdown. There's nobody else that that gets this award. And there's so many other players that played phenomenally in this game. But Xavier Watts with an ultimate I'm him performance out there on Saturday. But momentum wise, USC never had it. We had the lead early and we never let go. We wired a wired. It was never close. The closest this game got after that first touchdown was seven to three. And then the USC ended up getting a touchdown in the third and the fourth quarter. And honestly, we won every quarter except for the third in which we tied seven to seven. It was a complete dominating performance. Like there was never a doubt. The closest USC brought it in the second half, I believe was 10 points or maybe it was 14. I don't know. It's a lot different uh, for me because when I go to a game and I'm covering a game, I'm usually in the press box. So I'm getting stats. I'm hearing from the press box announcer every single play, who's making this play, who's doing that, all of this stuff. And then also, too, I'm chatting with the other reporters around me. Obviously, new kid on the block, didn't really know anyone there. So, like, I just kind of stuck to my own and just did my own thing for the whole game. And, and it was it was fun. And for for three and a half hours or four hours – nothing else mattered in that world in the world and i would have never have expected it to go the way it did with the field being stormed uh with just seeing so many legends so i didn't even get into that but 
being down on the field, you're around, you know, all these different people, right? So Joe Montana was down there. Brady Quinn was down there. I'm not going to call him a legend because if you ever listen to me on Bears on Tap or follow me on Twitter, you know I hate him. But Ryan Poles was down there. Brandon Bean was down there from the Buffalo Bills. All these different GMs. I was face-to-face with Caleb Williams and Cliff Kingsbury and and um, Lincoln Riley on multiple occasions just walking behind uh, the USC bench to get from end zone to end zone. Like, that was nuts. But a couple cool moments for me, even though they're the enemy, uh, a big NFL, big college football fan, I got to see uh, Lendell White down there, got a little head nod from Lendell White, which was cool, even though he was on a part of the team that was a part of probably my least favorite game in ND history with the Bush push. But Lendell White still had a great career with the Tennessee Titans, was a fun back to watch when once he was no longer wearing the red and yellow. Also saw Keyshawn Johnson down there, watch him every Sunday uh, at NFL Countdown and all that stuff, watch him play for the Jets and Buccaneers, got a head nod from him. So that was cool. Um, and then – I later found out it wasn't Derek Brooks. I don't know who who one of the guys was. Definitely uh, want to find out and try and dig deep and find out who it was. Thought it may have been Willie McGinnis, but it wasn't. But I also got to see uh, Matt Leiner was down there. Just all sorts of cool stuff. And then, like, before the game, right? Like, I'm standing literally two feet, three feet away from the entire team, Marcus Freeman, and them about to run out that tunnel, you know, when they say, here come the Irish, that was, that was sick. I don't, I don't care what anyone says, like with camera in hand, capturing a shot, uh, not with my eye through the viewfinder so that I could like take it in. Ethan was like, dude, don't worry about this shot. I want you to take this in. You have to take this in, took it in, got the shot at the same time. Like just chills, man. Chills thinking about it. I couldn't, I, I, I mean, I, I fell asleep eventually, but like just a natural high of just taking in everything that went in during that game because it was all positive. It was everybody eats. So many players played well on the offensive side of the ball. So many players played well on the defensive side of the ball. And we won the football game. No complaints. The place was buzzing for four quarters. Like, the, the fans were chirping at Caleb and chirping at the USC players, like nothing below the belt, but just I couldn't imagine what I was getting myself into. I thought it would be way more stressful. At, I thought, you know, I thought we would win the game, but I thought it would be tighter. It was an absolute party atmosphere out there on Saturday. And, you know, as the third and fourth quarter start to wind down, you get back down on the field, you, uh, you start looking around and and you're you're getting videos of the fans and you're starting to think like wow they might actually rush the field they they're actually going to rush the field and uh it's crazy too because a co- all right so I'm going to backtrack we're all over the place I don't care we're going to go a little bit longer today because today it's it's just a recap of the USC game uh we have the bye week next week so there will be no show next week or well there'll be no no pregame for Pitt until next week. And that pregame for Pitt will be an episode solely dedicated to Pitt. So we're actually at – it's a good week for me too. It's a bye week for podcasters too because 
I roll solo. I don't have credentials week in and week out. I don't have access to the players and coaches. So it's hard for me to do the two shows a week when, you know, I still got to do on tap bets. I do a live podcast weekly uh, down at NIU with my quarterback. I have access there and everything. So it's a little bit different, but like being out there with the access, I didn't get to go to the press conference after like it, it, I knew this was going to immediately be the best episode of the season. Like, not that I don't give you guys good episodes every week or I'm not getting in depth with what I think is going to happen, how I think things play out and how they actually played out. But just being down there, um, you know, feeling my mom with me throughout the whole night. And, and, you know, after the game, I I look up into the sky and the sign that I wanted from her going into the weekend with all the rain was I wanted to see a rainbow. I thought, you know, if I saw a rainbow, I knew my mom, you know, was, was watching over us and watching over the team for a healthy and and successful night. But I looked up over the stadium after the game and all I saw was one star, just one star overlooking the stadium. And at that moment I was like, I, I could have seen a million different signs throughout the game that was like, Hey, you know, your mom's not here to see you on the field working at Notre Dame, but she's here to see you. And it, and it, it was one of those moments. And I said before the game, we were going to have a 12th man or a 12th person down there uh, with us on the field. And spiritually she was, she was with us and they just absolutely smoked them. But backtrack to uh, fourth quarter and Xavier Watts gets the scoop and score. I was chatting with one of the the on-field police officers and I you know the crowd was getting rowdy. I was like, "Do you think you know that they're going to rush the field, right?" And he goes, "Well, they're going to try." And <laughs> if you saw the video I posted from the Twitter account, uh it was the cops trying to stop them from uh coming out there on the field. But uh the way I look at it is everything that I ever could have imagined happened pl- like 10 times, tenfold happened out there on Saturday. I was like a kid in a candy store. Uh, And for the first time since my mom's passing in the moment, I was exactly where I needed to be doing exactly what I needed to do. Surrounded by all the people that needed to be around me. It may make sense to you. If it doesn't make sense to you, let me explain it. Like I've been dealing with just, long days, long nights. And sometimes I don't want to get up and I don't want to record the show or I don't want to get up and I don't want to go to a press conference or I don't want to get up and I don't want to go to work. But for me, a step in the right direction career wise, I know it was just a one-off, but I got my job at the radio station um, from a one-off game that I called. So just an opportunity for me of a lifetime. And I just, uh, I'm thankful to everyone over at Notre Dame uh, for, you know, granting me the ability to have field on or to have on field access, press box access. The food was phenomenal. The hospitality was great. There was even post game pizza. And I said to Ethan, I said, it brings me back to the college days. Cause we used to always just uh, in between halftime of an NIU game, we would go home, Zip, whip up a quick pizza, a quick, uh, you know, oven pizza, and then go back to the game. So to have pizza 
uh, readily available for my hungry ass after the game uh, was great. We got a live shot of him uh, that was used on the news, and they were able to use a lot of my shots that I took in the end zone of the game uh, on a news broadcast. So those are all just very cool moments for me. But uh, right before the Xavier Watts fumble, my backpack was hooked onto the field goal, um, the field goal like netting, right? And this was when I was talking to that cop and I asked him about, you know, do you think they're going to rush the field? And maybe one play before Xavier Watts, I realized I was hooked to the netting and I got off the netting because no less than a minute and a half I after I unhooked myself from the netting and would have turned myself into like a flying uh, a flying Irishman, flying half Irish, half Cuban men flying through the air, uh, I, I unhooked myself and saved myself from a world of hurt. But uh, I'm like down there on the end, in the end zone. You feel the atmosphere. Lincoln Riley would not fucking quit. It's like, dude, you're not winning this game. I wanted them to get the 50 burger. They settled for the field goal, uh, but they finished the game up 48 to 20. And defensively, like I said, it, it it has to be Xavier Watts. The converted wide receiver had the best game of his career in one of the biggest games, a bounce back spot, if you will, because it's hard to pick yourself up off the mat uh, after you lose such a tough game. And, you know, you lose that second game of the season, which is usually a dagger for the college football playoff. But on the offensive side of the ball, I think you have to – or you have to give it to Audric Estime. Audric Estime, uh, 22 carries, 95 yards, two touchdowns, just not his best game, right? Like we've seen better games from him, but we didn't need that much from the offense. You know what I'm saying? Like you have a game where if the offense didn't play a single – if the offense didn't play a single snap in this game, right, you only lose the game. You don't even lose the game, right? Because you got two field goals. You're tied. Schrader had two field goals, and uh, you have the Xavier Watts scoop and score, and then you also have uh, the kick return for a touchdown from Jadarian Price. So we scored 20 points without our offense even having to play a snap. Well, I guess the field goals are offense help, but you get what I'm saying, right? 20 points from special teams and the defense. 28 from the offense and the time of possession wasn't too high. Sam Hartman didn't really have to do all that much. He only threw for, uh, it was like 130 yards, 126, 13 to 20, 80.7 QBR with two tutties, one going to Tyree, which was uh, a beautiful play. And then the other one going to uh, Jabrian Payne. So, just a great game. The defensive line really had a push up front and the linebackers were swarming all over the field and the defensive backs were making plays and, and, and taking the ball away. Most importantly, I just, I have no complaints at any level of the team. Uh, coach Freeman and his staff coach golden, they coached a phenomenal game. You held the last year's, you held last year's Heisman trophy winner to under 200 total yards of offense with 199 in the air uh, 23 to 37, one touchdown, three picks, and the picks were bad. And then 13 carries for minus eight yards with a long of an 11 yard rush. So just getting smoked all day. Also, too, Benjamin Morrison. Let's talk about Benjamin Morrison, right? Not everything that he does shows up on a stat sheet. Now, I know he had uh, the interception, and he also had, let's see how many tackles he had. Benjamin had four total, three solo. 
Um, and he had one TFL as well. But he held USC's receivers, right? No receiver on USC. Okay, one receiver. Michael Jackson the third got 51. But Jerry Rice's son, Brendan Rice, 18 yards receiving. Uh, Taj Washington, 41 yards receiving. Dorian Singer, 22. Mario Williams, 28. Like, come on now. But Brendan Rice, 18 yards. This is a guy that week in and week out has strapped up the number one receiver on, on the opposing team. And a guy that I was on the phone uh, with my sister's uh, husband after the game, and I said, Benjamin Morrison will win a Thorpe Award before he leaves Notre Dame. We still have a few. We'll probably only get like two more years with him, but at least one more year. So if he wins a Thorpe next year, then he does. But he played phenomenal, and it was a fucking movie out there on Saturday. Like, I was able to to walk back up the tunnel, and I, I went back and looked, and, and I saw him in front of me, but – I'm walking up the tunnel after the game to go because you can't do a live shot out on the field, but the only way to go out is through the player tunnel. So I'm literally walking out the tunnel with Benjamin Morrison, with, you know, the offensive line. I, I, you know, Sam Hartman was, was literally, he had one security guard on one arm, one security guard on the other arm and a security guard, like as a trailer behind him. Same thing with estimate and same thing with Freeman, but everyone else, was kind of free-for-all uh, down there on the field. Uh, I got to see Chris Tyree down in the tunnel. I got to meet Jameer Jones down there on the field after the game. Uh, someone that, you know, you guys all know came on this show, one of our very first guests on the Irish on Tap podcast. A super nice guy. It was nice to meet him. But <laughs> I did not imagine just the madness that would ensue after that final whistle, right? The field gets stormed. I, as a media member, was not allowed to cross through this white dotted line in the end zone. But I saw other camera people going, so I was like, whatever. It's unpoliceable at this point. This field is about to be a madhouse. There's about to be tens of thousands of people down on this field, right? Or at least 10,000, right? Like maybe not the whole field rushes. You can't can't rush uh, from the nosebleeds, but – you know, all those people that were down in the lower lower sections could get down on the field with ease. And before I know it, I'm just, you know, I'm surrounded by Notre Dame players, Notre Dame fans, former Notre Dame players. Like, and, and before you know it, I am in the corner of the end zone singing the alma mater with the team, with the fans, with my, you know, one of my best friends standing next to me. And – of all the moments that that occurred throughout the night, like I can't even begin to like start ranking them because everything that happened from the second my ass got off the car seat in the work truck to get out boots on the ground in South Bend was a phenomenal day. It would be impossible for me to rank it. But singing the alma mater on the field with the team after they just beat the absolute shit out of USC is one of the coolest moments of my life. It, it, it sends a chill down my spine thinking about it at this moment. Cause you never know if it will ever happen again. People from all walks of life, all ages, everyone hold in arms, everyone in arms, right? 
Didn't matter if you knew uh, the person next to you or whatever. It was just arm in arm, players holding on to fans, fans holding on to players, coaches, whatever. Just grab the person next to you and let's do this. It was beautiful. It was a great moment. And then before I know it, Ethan's like, come on, come on, we got to get out of here. And I'm walking up the tunnel at Notre Dame Stadium, that same tunnel that all those legendary players ran out of, you know, at a certain point in their career. And, I, you know, the, similar to when the players ran out the tunnel, I had the, the actual camera and I was just kind of just had it pointed in a direction and I was just looking. Same thing with that. I just had my camera like overhead just taking a video of everything that was going on. And I was just looking and taking it all in another extremely, extremely cool moment. Another moment that I won't take for granted, but offensively, like I said, you go estimate defensively uh, you have to go Xavier Watts. And then on special teams, you got to go with the kick returner, uh, Jadarian price, one kick return for 99 yards. All he needed was one shot. One shot was all it took. And, uh, yeah, man, I – a lot different tone in my voice and just energy. Uh, I'm still kind of riding that high from two nights ago. This is, I'm coming to you, you know, live Monday morning. This is when I usually get to record uh, either Monday or Tuesday morning uh, the show. But I just was so happy uh, in the moment. And – and I actually went back and because I just I watched the videos all 100,000 times after I left in the car ride home when I got home, all that stuff. The song that they played when the field was getting rushed was California Love by Tupac. Now, Tupac's what me and my mom listened to a lot of different music, but two songs in particular uh, that me and my mom always, always enjoyed when they came on was. Dear Mama, obviously, it was the last song that I played for her uh, before she passed was Dear Mama and California Love. And I I guess maybe I realized it a little bit in the moment, but I was just so taken away um, at everything that was going on. But I know it was a song that was a troll at USC, but for that song to be playing uh, when the field was getting stormed after the game was a, a really cool moment for me. And then, too, uh, to be down there on the field for um, for all of the lights for the fourth quarter, you know, pump up, turn off the lights, and then everyone flashes their lights and they flash the stadium lights, all that. My mom loved that so much when we went. We were so, so pumped up. And I took a video of that, you know, I was thinking over when it was happening. It was just uh, – it was one of those cool moments. And I don't know, for me um, – I haven't really gotten that like like heartwarming moment um, all in one day, just where everything that I could have imagined went my way. Uh, all my all my uh, all my tasks that I needed to complete got done. You know, I saw what I needed to see. I went to the grotto. I went to the church. Got to scan through the tailgate lots. Obviously, didn't drink or anything because we had to work. But just the atmosphere was unmatched. Um, I helped participate in my first, you know, live news broadcast with the the shots that I contributed. 
I was down there on the field. Uh, it, it was just nuts, man. Like a kid in a candy store, my first game in South Bend as a credentialed media member, but certainly not my last. I will – well, I'm in the system now, hopefully, but I will be back down there uh, for NIU Notre Dame next year, and that will be uh, a crazy, crazy event, if you will. But um, I got no complaints, man. Happiest man on this earth. Uh, the Bears brought me back down to earth on Sunday, but I got a W from – both of my college teams and uh, in a way, you know, both teams aren't going to meet their original expectations, but the way I look at it is this way, right? So we're sitting at this season at six and two, still have an opportunity to get down to 10 wins. We moved up six spots in the rankings uh, to number 15. So readjusted goals for the year, right? Get to 10 wins in the regular season, okay? So so really just win out. It's win out. And the schedule is as follows. It is Pitt. It is Clemson. It is Wake Forest. And it is Stanford. Clemson and Stanford are on the road. Pitt is at home on the 28th. And then Wake Forest is senior day on November 18th. Uh, you, you win those games. You let the chips fall where they may. I've seen crazier things than a 10-win team getting to the college football playoff. But if you win the rest of your games and you get to a New Year's Six Bowl game, right, and you win that New Year's Six Bowl game, it's not it's not a failure of a season, right? Because if you rewind the tape and you go all the way back to when Marcus Freeman first started, he was the head coach interim for that Oklahoma State game and we got absolutely bull rushed in that second half. We got fucking smoked. So it would be a full circle moment. It would be a great building block. It would put this it would push this program in the right direction going towards next season. And you'll probably finish the season in close to the top top eight. But try to finish the season in the top ten get to 10 wins, you know, basically win out. So we're looking at trying to finish this season 11 and two. Um, those guys that are going to be able to go to the NFL draft, help them boost their stocks because that looks good for recruiting. It looks good on the program. It's good for Freeman, all that stuff. But just try to catapult this program to the highest point going into next season, because we're going to need it at all the other positions. The, Quarterback position is going to be another question mark next week or next year. So you have to take as much advantage of having Sam Hartman as you do. And it's a shame uh, that we'll not be able to probably get to the college football playoff, but I wouldn't let that ruin my night or the rest of my season because I was on cloud nine on Saturday. Um, I saw the pictures that Pete Sampson was sharing of, of uh, Sam Hartman after the game, and I saw the videos, and just it was absolute scenes, man. I have never been a part of that crazy of an atmosphere, and of course, it was for. I hate to power rank my teams, but I honestly would say Notre Dame might be my favorite sports team of all my teams. I don't know; it's it's probably between Notre Dame and the Bears, uh, maybe the Cubs, but. 
Notre Dame has given me some of my best memories in my life. And I know that's crazy to say as a post 88 baby with no natties, but to be like an eight, nine year old kid and I watch a movie and I go, Hey, that's my college football team now. And then to come full circle, be down there on the field uh, for the biggest win of the season. And one of the big, you know, the biggest win in the Marcus Freeman era, uh, a rivalry game, a game that we don't know when we're going to see again with USC moving to the big 10 it was everything that I possibly could have asked for. And uh, I hope that the team has that same energy and that same success for the rest of the season. But the Fighting Irish win this one 48 to 20. They take back the battle for the Jewel Shillelagh. It is back in our trophy case, at least uh, till the next time that we play. And uh, I'm 1 0. As a credentialed media member at Notre Dame, I'm four and one all time on a four game winning streak. The one loss is the Notre Dame Northwestern game way back in the day, uh, where Cam McDaniel fumbled when we were just trying to close the game out. And then, yeah, uh, offensive player of the game, Audric Estime, defensive player of the game, Xavier Watts. And then on special teams, on special teams, Jadarian Price. But no complaints. Super, super great day. Uh, we have a bye week. We have time to enjoy this. We have time to lick our wounds. Us fans, we have time to se- time to celebrate and put the tinfoil hat on and try to figure out how we can get a 10-win team into the college football playoff. But that is a conversation for, or that is a conversation for another day. Um, for the people that were interacting with us on Saturday on the Twitter account, I always appreciate the interactions. I apologize for not getting more tweets out just based on uh, the service. It just wasn't happening. So whatever I could get out, I do appreciate you guys for blowing it up. Um, As always, love you guys for for tuning in, whether it's your your first episode here or you've been with us for the last four seasons. But uh, I'm assuming we will have some new listeners. So if it was your first episode, uh, and you, or you just you know followed the account or subscribed to the pod, uh, we appreciate you uh, and welcome to the show. It's going to be fun. We got four weeks left of the season plus a bowl game, and uh, let's find a way to to go five and zero uh, the rest of the way. But we will be back with you guys at the beginning of next week to preview Pitt. Enjoy this vis- enjoy this victory. Uh, as I know I will, and on Saturday I know it's going to be hopefully not a stressful Saturday because uh, I will not be worried about Notre Dame winning or losing, but uh, I will be uh, at a different game working uh, at the NIU game. So the work doesn't stop for me, um, but you guys, as as I said, enjoy this week off, enjoy the win. I know I will enjoy it, and uh, I will be gearing up, getting ready for the the pit game here on the 28th, but I got nothing else for you guys. So mama would always say Irish by a thousand. They did a damn good job trying to get there on Saturday and go Irish.